negative in general, but right. today's kind of been like a lot more than usual. Well, it's not our fault. The NBA Finals have sucked. The Red Sox have underperformed. Eh, they're second in the division. I yeah, don't know that's underperforming. Right. They should be winning the division. Well, they, I mean, they had a chance. They should be running the away with the division. Well, I mean, with the team that they have and the in the starting pitching that they have, if if health were perfect, obviously they might just be the best team in the AL East. Well, I mean, can you blame them for trailing the Yankees? The Yankees look damn good right now with the team they've got with Aaron Judge. Sure, I can this do whatever. I can do whatever I want. I can. I can, abs- I can absolutely blame them for not <laughs> leading the Yankees in the AL East. But that's kind of one thing that I wanted to ask you is that we didn't get a chance to talk about earlier because we were basically doing a complete review of this season to this uh, today, like to date. Is what's going on lately. Is is what's going on lately, and I want to ask you guys, did you get the sense during this last three-game series with the Yankees earlier this week that the rivalry seems to be kind of on the up and up again? Yeah, it might be be on the rise, definitely. That was was the first time in a while you really got up for a Yankees series. You sort of looked at it as a litmus test for this team. Which they failed. They lost two out of three. <laughs> Jackie Yankees, Bradley so. Jr. looked like he never played a game in center field. So I mean, uh, what the hell happened there? The uh, they win that first game. It was a good competitive game. Drew Pomeranz, of all people, is the guy that gets you uh, a solid start. And you, when you're talking about uh, Porcello and then Price pitching games two and three of that series, you're thinking, okay, well, you'll take a loss if it's Pomeranz losing, and then uh, you hope that Porcello and Price go out and pitch a couple gems, and you get two wins out of the series. Uh, had you done that, you would have been a game behind uh, the Yankees at the conclusion of that series. Instead, you're three games back because you lost two out of three, and Porcello and Price got shelled. So I, I think there's reason to be concerned with the consistency of this team, uh, especially when you had the expectations that we did for the offense. And then I think when when Price comes back and he and he. We all know that it was going to take a minute. He wasn't necessarily healthy that first game back, but when he pitched the way he did against the Orioles, you're thinking he might be close to 100% closer than we thought. So now you're thinking, okay, we have our full rotation here. We've got Sale, Porcello, Price as our starting rotation, our starting three. You're thinking that's got to be good enough when you combine it with the offense that you thought you were going to get out of this team. You would think that's enough to be in first place in the AL East. Or at least to take a three-game series in June against the Yankees. Well, to be fair, uh, you know the offense didn't come along until about three or four weeks ago, right? About a month ago was yeah, when they and, really and, started and, hitting their stride offensively. And then before they, that, we were saying they couldn't score runs. They went back downhill though in that road trip. Well, again, they scored one game in the uh, one run in those final two games against the Yankees. Well, you could also mark it up to CC Sabathia just having a, you know a vintage performance. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I mean, like I understand what you're saying. But again, one run in two games, I think when your offense comes alive like that, you shouldn't overreact negatively to one run in two games. No, it just speaks to what I thought part of the issue was with them last year, which is that they struggle against good hitting. You take David Ortiz off the roster, who's got experience uh, across the league and and facing a bunch of pitchers, and obviously is a clutch guy who's going to come through and make pitchers work. You take that away from the roster... And I think you're left with some guys that still don't quite know how to work against aces of opponents' rotations. You know, I think they struggle against good pitching, which you're going to need to overcome that in the postseason. You know, and if that's the expectation for this team to have been a World Series contender this year, you need to see some signs of it in the regular season. It's not like this is a team that we're looking at to flip a switch when they hit the playoffs. No, they won't flip a switch, but I think they're going to gradually get better, and here's why. Jackie Bradley Jr. is heating up. Um, ben Intendi, who was slumping for the last two and a half weeks, seems to be heating up again. Mm-hmm. Dustin Pedroia's back. I'm sorry, but Mookie a combination... had a couple of hits last night, had a, a couple of hits the Right, night a combination of you know Devin Marrero and Josh Rutledge you know, on the left side of your infield with Xander Bogarts. I'm sorry, that doesn't cut it. So with Dustin Pedroia coming back, Mookie's heating up, as you just said, uh, Brian. You know, Chris Sale's going tonight. So it seems like everything's starting to fall back in line here. Yeah, maybe. I just need to see the production. And it'll happen. Look, I mean, this is a team that looked like they were going to miss the playoffs a month and a half ago. And now we're in second place. And if they had won that final game in New York, would have been one game out heading into the Detroit series right. for the division. So I'm not that overly concerned about where they are right now. They've just got to get more consistency out of their starting rotation with Drew Pomerantz, who's actually been surprisingly good here and there, with Porcello and David Price. I'm not worried about Chris Sale. 
And um, Eduardo Rodriguez is going to miss, what, the next four weeks at least? Yeah. But when he comes back, hopefully if that knee's feeling good, he can pick up where he left off. Right. Yeah, I I still worry about the consistency just a little bit. I got to wonder if, you know, if this is a team with players on the roster that are really going to put the pedal to the metal when it matters most. I don't know. I haven't seen this team really hit the accelerator. They had a six-game win streak. That was nice. They won 10 out of 14. Won 10 out of 14. That's and, even more and impressive. That six-game that six win streak was a part of that. But I don't know. I, I, I just have a feeling this isn't a team you're going to see go on extended runs this year. Well, the one thing that they're doing better this year that they couldn't do, um, was it last year or 2015 that they couldn't do this? They were unable to win uh, close games and low-scoring games. It was, it was last year and last 2015. Year yep. It was both. Yeah, now, so far this year, last, last night's an example. They're able to win and come from behind fashion. Last year they had what, like one or two walk-offs. They've had, I think, f- this that last night was their like fifth win. Right. It wasn't a walk-off, but you know what I'm saying. Like these right. come from behind late inning heroics. Yeah, type I stuff. Th- I think they battle, but I also think it speaks to, and we saw it a little bit at the beginning of the year where, you know, they were scoring runs in bunches. Yeah, in like, know? yeah, sir, like one earlier in the year where it's just like, like they'd six score runs. six runs in right. one inning and, and then I, the rest of the night they'd look like they'd never hit before. seems to happen a lot, which, you know, uh, if you take a step back and you're not really watching the games, I guess you can look at that and say, well, that's a good thing. They score in bunches, but yeah, I, I don't know. You want, you want it to be consistent. Yeah, you don't want, I'm not expecting them to put up a five spot every inning or I mean, like that. But you, you know they are, what, third in the American League in run scored? Uh, that doesn't shock me. So uh, they, I mean, they're they, still... they do pile it on sometimes, right? Right, and, and it's not just the offense. I mean, one thing that's been surprising we were talking about on the drive up, Brian, is that the bullpen ERA yep. is what top five in the AL. Mm-hmm. I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but they've been good, with the exception yeah. of Matt Barnes, who's underperformed at times, and yeah. Heath Hembry, who has a good ERA but is allowing a lot in a lot of inherited runners to score, right. yeah. which is why his ERA is intact. I don't know. It just seems like they they've hit a roadblock a couple times when you think they're about to turn the corner. You know, it's I, I would like to see those games where they're putting up five runs in one inning. Maybe it's not just that one inning that you score. You know, you score in a couple more innings, tack on a couple extra runs. That's a little more consistency. Or if you have a game where you score fourteen or fifteen runs, how about don't get shut out two games later, you know, Mm -hmm. have more consistency with that too. put up a couple of runs in those games instead of getting shut out and having this uh, stopgap that I feel like happens to this team. So that's that's the only thing for me. I think it's a little too touch and go with the team. Uh, I I would like to see it be more consistent or at least the fight to be more consistent because they uh, they score one run in that Yankee series over the course of two games. That, to me, is the stopgap right after they have a pretty good, hard-fought win in the Pomeranz game to open up the series, a 5-4 win. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see. Uh, There there aren't really many tests in the American League, the only real test. The Astros are coming up. Right, but that's an Astros team. That's starting rotation is depleted. Yeah, Dallas Keuchel's on the DL. Dallas Keuchel, uh, the... Colin McHugh, uh, someone else just went but on the But at the DL. end of the day, this is the best team in baseball right now, the Astros. Right now, yes, but uh, I think they're on a downswing right now. They're so on good, pace. you're catching up at a good time. Right, exactly. <laughs> but they're on pace for like 116 wins. Like, There's yeah, no way I they're going to I don't think they're going to match the 0-1 Mariners. Pace, no. but. Right, I, it, the thing is, like, they only have one starter that's like a legit starter, Lance McCullers. Yeah. And... I don't know if you're going to face him. I don't know. I think it says something to the mentality of a team when when your pitching staff is depleted and you continue to win games and you continue to be at the top of the league. And uh, well, they've been losing games recently. Yeah, recently. Uh, we'll see if that continues. Right. Look, and it may. The Astros may fall off a cliff. I don't know. I just think that there's sort of – and sort of throughout the organization. I look at the coach. I look at the manager. There seems to be this sort of complacency throughout the Red Sox organization, and I can't really put a finger on it. It's just – Something that's there that I, you know, it's not tangible necessarily, but it's how I feel about this team. Seems a little complacent at times. And I think that's the coach. I think that's Dombrowski. And I think it's the players at times. Well, the thing is, you criticize John Farrell, but I got to be honest with you, Dave, over the last month and a half, 
He's been pushing the right buttons. Sure, he's, been he's been going been to Craig Kimbrell when I want him to go to Craig Kimbrell. He, like, you know, typically last year when he'd go to Craig Kimbrell for a four-out save or a non-save situation, we'd say, oh, what are you doing? He sucks in these situations. There have been times this year where I've said, yeah, go to Kimbrell for the four-out save, and he'll do it. Yeah. And so far, I mean, in the last month and a half, I don't know about you, Brian, I have not had any reason to criticize John I, Farrell. I still don't know, and, and I agree. He's, he's pushed some of the right buttons. He's pulled some of the right strings, and especially when it comes to the bullpen because his bullpen sucks. And really, getting to Craig Kimbrell from the starter, it, he's got to dodge bullets every step of the way. Well, so, he doesn't have the greatest personnel, but he's making it work. Right, with the bullpen. Right. Okay, so the bullpen I feel like he's gotten the most out of. And let's not forget, part of the reason for that is because the starting pitching has been so good. The Red Sox have uh, the most innings out of their starting pitchers uh, in the AL this year. So that means the fewest. Yes. They have the fewest bullpen innings pitched. Well, no, in it, the doesn't, AL. it doesn't. They do. It does, they do. They do. They do. Okay. Yes. So I know. <laughs> I, one, sometimes it doesn't correlate. One doesn't necess- <laughs> necessarily correlate to the other, but more often right, than not, it like will. Right, because extra innings and whatnot. Right. More often than not, it will. So uh, that's what's going on with the Red Sox. Which they're is getting, great. They're getting great starting pitching and and. Uh, Above Solid. above yep. expectations in terms of performances from the bullpen, okay? I wouldn't have expected this out of the bullpen. I, I didn't either. All well and good. He's pulling the right strings when it comes to that. He's tap dancing around laser beams trying to get to Craig Kimbrell every game that he has to get there, and he's done a good job of it so Specifically far. Specifically Joe Kelly. I give you that, but I don't <laughs> think when it comes to the position players, and, and you can sort of extend it, I guess, to the starting pitching a little bit, and not as much, but with the position players and the hitting. I don't know if he's getting the most out of those guys. Right. That feels like a, an area where uh, it's it sort of just like, I don't know if he has anything to do with it, honestly, the Probably development not. of those guys. So it, I, I feel like he sort of makes excuses for guys. The only guy that he seems to hate is Pablo. He hates, he despises you know, Pablo. So it's easy to call that guy out, though. It's not hard to call out a guy <laughs> did you like hear, Pablo. Did you hear him talk about that play where um, Marrero didn't cover yeah. and Pablo decided yes, to throw there. Yes, and he and said, that's got to be a play that goes across the diamond. Which is true, because yeah. Chris Davis was already at second base, and Pablo was like, woo, yeah, let's I try agree. to get a close play the, here, guys. The play is to is to go to first. Right. I, I actually he had, agree with that. He, he, he had the guy, the, it was a slow runner, a slow, a slow-footed runner. Yeah, but he, call, but he calls him out. If that were Hanley Ramirez, he, he wouldn't call him out. Right, and He'd that's give how him you know excuse. who John Farrell likes and who he doesn't like. Right. Well, or, like or, or everyone should hate Pablo. It's a th- it's a fact. Yeah. Well, and and it's clear that Farrell doesn't like him. I don't think he wants him out there. I'm surprised Pablo batted righty yesterday. I thought he wasn't yeah, going to do is that surprising. anymore. But when do you think that started, though? When do you think he started not disliking Pablo? Mm-hmm. Was it after the Diva Legacy incident? Was it before yeah, probably. that? It, it was probably before that because that's when we started to realize that <laughs> right. Pablo wasn't a clubhouse guy. <laughs> so so I think it's uh, it's always uh, the guys in that clubhouse know before we would know. Right. You know, so uh, I think John Farrell hasn't liked Pablo probably since day one. He saw there was a work ethic issue or whatever. He'd already accomplished so much. Didn't, didn't have an interest in continuing to play at the top of his game and I think we all sort of got that from Pablo so it wouldn't be right. shocking to me if John Farrell who's close to the guy uh, got the same exact sort of thing right, right. And, and it kind of got confirmed when Travis Shaw started over Pablo Sandoval last right. year before right. Pablo got hurt right so uh, and look Farrell hasn't been the issue this year which is why which is why there's that intangible thing that I'm talking about you know, because you can sometimes, last year, yeah, you look at Farrell, he's blown a couple games for them. Farrell cost them a couple games last year. This year, Farrell may have stolen a couple of games for the Red Sox. Right. Sure. That's concerning. John <laughs> Farrell just waiting not, for it to go the other way. Uh, I'm sorry. John Farrell should not be stealing games for this roster. It's right. too damn good. Yeah, they have too, too much talent yep. on this team. Yeah. To need to rely on the manager to be tap dancing or again, like weaving through a minefield just to get to your closer. Right. And he's done it well. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, I feel like if that's happening and if John Farrell is a guy who's now coaching well and stealing games for you, those games that he's stolen should be adding to a better record than they have right now. Well, the thing is, I think their record is misleading because of the slow start that they got off. Yeah. Okay, this was a 500 team for the better part of all of April, really. Yeah. They were 500 team. uh, And do you think they were better? 
than that? Mm. Of course, yeah, I do think that they were better than that, but they didn't have their complete complement of players exactly. because guys were getting hurt. The guys back, had the flu. yeah, the back end of the rotation you was complete. I, crap I don't think you too. had your full one through nine. You had it on opening day, but after opening day, I don't think you had your full one through nine until. And like you the didn't first even have a May. full um, uh, one through nine on opening day because Mitch Moreland was playing through the flu. So you had it like they were physically there, but not right. You know, Look, I, I'm sorry, and- I ne- I can never find an excuse for this Boston Red Sox team because they have a, a the one of the biggest payrolls in the league, and if you have a couple of injuries or you get the flu for a week, you should be able to overcome that with a two hundred and what eighty million dollar. Yeah, but here's payroll. the thing. Here's the thing. The payroll is getting affected by three guys: David Price, Pablo Sandoval, Hanley Ramirez. That's what I'm those saying. Those guys are skewing and, it. And what are those three guys doing for you? Nothing. Oh, nothing. But that's the thing. Those guys are skewing it. So don't talk about like, oh, no, their payroll is a- so high because you're really relying on Mookie, Benintendi, but- Jackie, Xander, all these guys that but aren't getting paid. That's what I'm saying. You can't use illness or injury as an excuse if you're the Red Sox as an organization for not uh, uh, achieving what you should. Right. Because you can spend that amount of money. A team that is able to spend that amount of money, you shouldn't have guys uh, all uh, clogging it up like Pablo, Hanley, and David Price. Those three guys are, you just said it, eating up a ton of that payroll. Use your money more wisely if you're the Red Sox. You can spend money. You have an advantage over every other team in this league, practically. John Henry doesn't want to. Except for the Yankees and the Dodgers. John Henry doesn't want to go above that luxury tax. Well, that's special. that doesn't matter. You can go right to it. You're you're a team that has the ability to do so. And the fact is, if you're a team that has that ability, you should have great starters and great depth. You should be able to overcome some illnesses and injuries. So I don't give well, them an I feel, excuse. I feel I like they, they did overcome that by riding it out and going and not falling off a cliff. I still think their record should be better than it is right oh, now. Oh, I agree with you. But, I mean, what are they? Like, uh, I don't have the standings in front of me. They're one and a half up. They're 33 and 27. They're three games up. They're three games back of the Yankees. They're 33 and 27. They're six games above 500, 60 games through. If you had asked me at the beginning of the year where they should be at, at 60 games through... It wouldn't be thirty three and twenty seven. Give me, give me a number. What record would you expect? I would expect them to probably 20? be. What is it? Th- give it five 30, more wins. Thirty. Uh, five probably more five more wins. I'd so, say a couple. So thirty eight and twenty two. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. So, so they they're should, slightly underperforming. I don't then. think that the Astros are a better team than them. On paper, I don't even think well, that I mean, the Astros, who are the best team in baseball, are a better team than them. Well, I mean, look at the superstar <laughs> talent that they have. Outside of Dallas Keuchel, who's their starting pitcher, who's their ace. Besides, besides, the, besides yeah. the point, they should be competing with the Astros for that top spot. Maybe they, they will be. Maybe uh, they will be. Maybe they will. But but until they show me that they can go on consistent runs, I'm not going to believe that. This is That's my primary issue. I don't think that there's consistency with this team, and I think it's because of some complacency. So I don't know if they can go on a run that's going to propel them to the top of the AL. I don't. I don't have that faith that it's just going to happen. You know, people like to say water holds its level. At some point, it's going to it's gonna find its level. I don't know if it will with this team. They're underachieving, in my opinion, right now. I hope that they end up competing with the Astros for that top spot. But I'm not going to sit here 60 games through after what I've seen and say that they will go on a run. I'm not, I'm not convinced of that yet. I don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see, obviously, but to me right now, where it stands, I don't see any reason to think that this team can go on an extended run. Well, we're a third of the way through the season, so there's still plenty of baseball to be played. I mean, Absolutely. we're, we're right. talking about we're not even halfway through June yet, so it's not... All we have to talk about is the 60 games we've seen. And so far, I would agree with you. They are slightly underperforming, but I do think that you're overreacting to that slightly underper- slight underperformance by the Red Sox, given what they had to deal with earlier in the year. And it's not so much the injuries. I, I get. I, I guess it's difficult for me to articulate what it is that I'm seeing with this team because you can't There's, pinpoint. There it. is an intangible sort of complacency issue with this team. I feel. I feel that that's a problem. And they have had a couple of good comeback victories, but again, it's something where. Game to game, it doesn't feel like they're the same team. They just do. You, do you think that you know they like I mean? lack the fire, the intensity, you know, the emotion in, in patches? I think they have it. But I, I just don't think it's always there. And that's what I expect out of a team that's as good as the Red Sox. Maybe you're going to lose games. You're going to have bad performances. But I expect intensity every game. Sometimes I just don't feel it. I don't feel like it's always there with this team. 
So that's my issue. I And I think it will ultimately prevent them from ending up where they should end up based on the talent they have. So if they end up being a wild card team, great. Whatever. They make the playoffs. That's underachieving. You know, and right now, where they stand, I think they're in a position uh, lower than they should be in. So wait, so if they end up with a wild card, they're underachieving. They ended up with a wild card last year, and that was with David Ortiz on the team, and that was with a Cy Young Award winner, Rick Porcello, and a complete season of David Price, in which he pitched fairly well down the stretch. Didn't they win the division last year? They did. They did. They weren't a wild card team last yeah, year. They won the division. They oh, didn't they have a playing game. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There goes my point. Well, <laughs> so, it's been a long week. So go ahead, go ahead and look at last year's team as a division winner and then add Chris Sale to your rotation. I know you're taking David Ortiz away, but add Chris Sale. And you're taking away David Price, who was good, as, according to you, down the stretch. Yeah, and I still think that David Price can be a great pitcher. It's a, Can he get out of his own way? That's David Price's issue. So look, they, they should... They should be a team that runs away with this division. It's it's looking like they won't be that, but they should at least win it. I think they'll win it. I, I, I there's a lot of base. I think it's look. There's so much of the season left. The trade deadline's still a month and a half away. Right. This team could be completely different. They might go out and get another pitcher at the Yankees deadline. Yankees are an know. injury or two Fur- away further from falling de- off. Further depleting their farm system. <laughs> All right, Mister Dombrowski likes to do. Quick break here on the Sports Blast. When we come back, we'll have five questions with Brian Roach. Don't go anywhere. ESPN New Hampshire. Hi everyone, I'm meteorologist Mark Rosenthal, and my weather forecast today is being brought to you by Stratum Tire. Spring has finally arrived, so now's the time to come on into a Stratum Tire location near you and take advantage of their spring pothole specials. 20% off spring tire changeovers and alignments, half-off state inspections, deeply discounted oil chain specials, tires in every price range with a great selection of top brand names and a value price line too. Visit StratumTire.com to schedule your service online today. This is Shaquille O'Neal. And the Shaquettes. Reminding you that anytime, anytime is a good time. Good time. For the cooling, drying, fresh scent of gold bond powder spray. Like after the gym. Or a crowded elevator ride. Or golf. Or working with farm animals. Or a hard day's work. Like sports casting. You said it, ladies. Stay cool with Gold Bond Powder Spray. Stay cool with Gold Bond. (laughs) At Advanced Auto Parts, you can find the knowledge and parts you need to get the job done. Think of us as that friendly neighbor who genuinely cares about you and is always willing to lend a helping hand without expecting anything in return. Unlike Jerry, who always has something come up and then wonders why he isn't invited over on Sundays. You know what you did, Jerry? Advance Auto Parts. Let's get you back on the road. Hi, I'm John Sakata. Did you know that chronic hepatitis C affects approximately 1 million Hispanic Americans? I'm visiting my father today who was part of that statistic. And while not every story is the same, I'd like to tell you his. Such a proud man, old-fashioned, the provider, hardworking man. Stay strong, be silent. But this disease is just as silent. He lived with it for at least 20 years and never mentioned how sick he was getting. Never talked over any of the options with his doctor. If I'd have known more about chronic hepatitis C, I could have encouraged him to take action sooner. Then maybe I'd be visiting him at home instead of here at the cemetery. If you still think there's strength in silence, think again. Please talk to your doctor about your options and learn more at tuneintohepc.com. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets, and they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The Red Sox began their three-game home series against the Detroit Tigers last night. They got a two-run homer in the eighth from Jackie Bradley Jr. to break a 3-3 tie. Craig Kimbrell with another save. 
and a 5-3 victory for the Sox. The two teams will be back at it again today. Chris Sale on the hill facing off against Justin Verlander. First pitch from Fenway Park is at 7:15. The Golden State Warriors had a chance to sweep the NBA Finals and the playoffs last night in Cleveland. They would have been the first team to go 16-0 in the NBA playoffs, but LeBron James and Kyrie Irving combined for 71 points. On the way to a 137-116 win, cutting the series deficit to 3-1, delaying the inevitable, which will occur in Game 5, being played at Oracle Arena on Monday. Tip-off is at 9 o'clock. The NHL Finals continue tomorrow. The Penguins hold a 3-2 series lead after a 6-0 blowout of the Predators on Thursday, but the series returns to Nashville. The home team, a perfect 5-0 in this series, face-off from Bridgestone Arena is at 8 p.m. And the 149th running of the Belmont Stakes is tonight. Post time is at 6.37. You can catch the race on NBC. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. Just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. Well, wait, baby, let's go. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a party. Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. It's time for five questions. Five is right up. Man, let me ask you something. I got a question. Only on ESPN New Hampshire. You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. 900 AM Nashua. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. Calm down. 1250 AM Manchester. What did you say? At ESPNNHradio.com. Thank you for all your cooperation. All right, back here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. It is time for five questions we do every single show at 1.20. And this edition of Five Questions will be hosted by Brian Roach. It will be. Indubitably. 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 So you were talking about 16-0 with the the Warriors in your update. Yeah. I was thinking if they went 16-0, the Patriots um, banner would have been in good use. That 16-0 banner they had. Yeah. They could have gave that to the Warriors. Just crossed off the Patriots. Right. And just put a Warriors logo there. I would gladly give that to someone. Donate it. Or, you know, burn it. Burn that thing. I, every time I went to Gillette Stadium and I saw that thing, I never thought of the 16 and 0 season. I thought of Super Bowl 42. Yeah, it's a it's it a, a loser d- mentality to put up a 16 and 0 banner the year you right. Lost what are they, the, the Colts? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. AFC finalist. Oh, did uh, you hear what uh, Bill Belichick said to uh, Dwayne Allen? He's, uh, he was, oh, he said he said this ain't Indy. Indy yeah, right after he dropped, he dropped, he said he dropped, dropped the pass and uh, <laughs> and he said our tight ends. Don't drop passes here. This isn't <laughs> Dropped passes means losses. This ain't Indianapolis. <laughs> Love it. We don't do that here. Well, welcome to New England. <laughs> All right, guys. Question one. Hey, you're making me look stupid. Get out here, panda jerk. Okay. okay. So we're going with the panda jerk we buzzer. We are, it. and I'm bringing back the bed. There we go. See, it's been Thank a couple you. weeks. It's been a couple weeks. <laughs> um, well, it, uh, we, we don't have like a full wall. It's a weird thing. So question one, I've been teasing this all day about the bullpen and Craig Kimbrell. So Craig Kimbrell has been pitching a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they know that Carson Smith is on his way back. Yes. And Carson Smith is going to be the new setup man. Maybe. No, he is. he is. Yeah, if his arm doesn't fall off. His arm won't fall off because it's already back. He already had the Tommy John surgery. Exactly. Uh-huh. Well, if he didn't change his delivery, he's going to need another Tommy John surgery. Yeah. So. Uh, Has anyone ever had back-to-back Tommy John surgeries? Carson uh, Smith might. No. That arm uh, That arm I slot. Feel like, I feel like there there's w- someone who's there had someone. multiple. I, f- I forget who it was. Yeah, but someone's had multiple. There's and I don't someone. think Carson Smith. I, I hope not. I shouldn't say nothing. No, I, I would definitely hope not. <laughs> no, but he's the setup man, which will take stress off of Kimbrough. So... Th- my, my question is, who out of the bullpen's gone once Carson Smith comes back? Fernando Abad? No, he's a lefty. Sure. Yeah, or Bobby, oh, yeah, you or need Bobby a Scott. 
and Rodney's he's a lefty good. too, yeah. and he's been good. But you care. You need two Le- lefties. Lefty, no, lefty, righty doesn't matter to me in the bullpen. As it long does. as, as long as you're, uh, you're, you need a guy that can pitch. Yeah, I don't fair. care okay, if it's well, a lefty. Bod's pitched well. Okay, I don't care yeah, if it's a lefty Bob's, or a okay. right. Scott, okay, so, so Matt Barnes, well. you're not getting rid of. Right. Um, Joe Kelly, you're not. Joe Kelly, you're not getting. Heath Embry, you're not getting. Bod has no options, so you're not getting rid of. So probably Robbie Scott then. Probably, probably Robbie Scott. Robbie Scott. There is another guy in the bullpen. Who? I can't remember. Brandon Workman, who they don't use. Oh, Workman could be gone, Dave. Yeah. Oh, Heath Hembry's another option. I feel like Heath Hembry's sticking around. Yeah, him and the Jerry Curls. Yeah, yeah because I, the Jerry Curls, like you're white. <laughs> Kenny Powers, it's okay. <laughs> no, the thing is, he John, did a John Kenny Powers. Did you see him that once game he came out? Is, is he, he went Kenny Powers. He had, yeah. like, braided hair. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that it one. It was gross. <laughs> no, but John Field seems to like Heath, Heath Hembry for some reason. Uh, he likes Robbie Scott, too. I, I like your answer, Brian. <laughs> Brandon Workman. I think that's the only option you have. But the thing yeah. is, when is Carson Smith coming back? Because uh, he's in a timeline. He's throwing a bullpen today, and if that goes well, he's going on a rehab stint. So he could be back by uh, not this coming week, but the week after. Well, that would be at least exciting. I, yeah. I would be excited to have Carson Smith back. I know yeah. I'm, I'm kind of pooping the on yeah. the parade over here, but, <laughs> but Carson, it's true. Carson Smith has been the ultimate tease, though. He comes in last year, pitches, what, two or three games, he gets us excited. Filthy. He looks really good, and then he gets hurt and misses the rest of the year and gets Tommy Dude, John it's surgery. it's that arm slot. I'm telling you, that delivery is, a, is another injury waiting to happen. It might not be the same injury, but he still throws like a maniac out there. So doesn't Chris Sale. Yeah, well, he's never been injured before, so until he does, He's got a track record of being able to throw that way. Carson, Carson Smith did. No longer has a track record. He no longer of being does, able to throw but he that did way. So the track record's two, moot. Two and a half no, years. No, no, no. the track record it's changes. Go two and a half that's years. how. That's how a track record works. No, nope. you don't get to say, well, before the track record changed, yeah, it was two and this and a half way. Years, yeah. No, no, no. He's now been injured because of his wacky delivery. No. Nope. So now we can <laughs> that, say with that certainty, it wasn't the delivery. Oh, absolutely. Come on. Come Everyone on. gets Tommy John. Everyone, yeah. everyone, gets, everyone Tommy John. gets Tommy John. David Price should have had Tommy Please. John. Look, we all know why that guy in particular. John Lackey got it. had Tommy John because of the way he throws the baseball. Everyone, everyone said it. Everyone knew it was an, an injury waiting to happen. Clay Buckles is having Tommy John. Clay Buckles. It's, it's surprising it has that it Tommy took him John this, it's once surpri- every three no, weeks. It's surprising <laughs> that it's the, this is the first time Clay Buckles has had this injury where he's required Tommy John. I would yeah. have expected that a long time ago. Right. A lot of Tommy John. All so right. look, I'm just saying you, you can't count it out with this guy. Question two, guys. Hey, you're making me look stupid. Get out here, panda jerk. All right. So, obviously, the Red Sox have a hole at third base. <laughs> but they also have a hole in the rotation. Yeah. So, what needs to be filled more? The hole at third base or the hole in the rotation? That's actually a good question because one affects <laughs> you on a daily basis. Uh, the rotation. Well, the other one affects you on a daily basis, though. <laughs> but the rotation's more important. I I maintain that they can probably survive without a third baseman if the rotation shares up. I agree with you. But that. you can't have both be right. in the state that they're currently in. <laughs> right. So you need one or the other. If I had to pick, I'd pick the rotation. Absolutely. I want better pitching. I I, I don't care. The thing is, with the, with the third base hole... I would take a 180 batting average out of third base if it meant there were no errors being committed. Okay, so Marrero's Marrero, you basically I would want rather, Marrero. I would absolutely rather have Marrero in there over Pablo. Well, I Which guess. says something about Pablo. He's a fat ass. Yeah, he's got his own <laughs> freaking orbit out there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, well, that orbit helped him a little bit to propel him to dive to a ball. You would think the baseball would, would sort of slow down for him as it approaches him. Imagine The that. gravitational it, pull of his body. I don't understand why more guys don't, especially left-handed hitters. The baseball hitters, does like a ring around him. More left-handed hitters should just bunt in Pablo's direction and just make him feel those. Yeah, I mean, that would be smart, but I... I Players don't do that when the shift is on and right. there's no one at third base. Yeah, so, yeah, that's I, I true. mean, you'd have to convince them to start doing that. Right. I don't know. I, w- um, I would do it. It's not a bad idea. To, to answer your question, uh, yeah, obviously it's the pitching. I mean, pitching is more important than any position player, um, you know, even if it's the fifth guy in the rotation. But at the end of the day, I can't ignore the fact that third base, that's affecting you on a daily basis. With the fifth spot it's in the a, rotation, it's affecting it's you because of who's five. out there. I guess if we're willing to take a 180 average and just have solid defense out yep. of the nine hole playing third base, yeah, okay, fine, I agree with you, Dave. That's what I would. I, I'd prefer that and have and have the pitching over having a third baseman and still have the hole in the rotation at the back end. All right. Question three, guys. Hey, you're making me look stupid. Get out here, panda jerk. <laughs> oh, Pablo, how we hate you. <laughs> um. All right. So LeBron 
uh, has an opt out this year. Mm. And oh. will oh. will he opt out? Oh. And if so, where would he go to? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think he's gonna play the game and just he's ending up. If back he in loses Cleveland. to the Warriors, could he opt out and then join these same Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. How would that work though? There would be you Steph imagine. at the one. Uh, Durant would probably have to move to the two, right? And they'd have to get rid of Clay, Con- t- Clay Thompson or put him on the bench. Then you'd have LeBron at the three. And then Draymond as your four. So Clay would be the odd man out, and Durant would be your Why not guard. have Draymond be the five? You want Draymond Green as your center? It wouldn't matter with <laughs> the rest of that roster. It really wouldn't. They'd go 82-0. And, and, and LeBron would and be your power forward? Right. Now, now, what would be more shameless? LeBron oh, doing that? Oh, LeBron, totally. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Can that be the question? It's just like, can you imagine that happening, and how would you feel? After all he um, said about Durant, too? No, I, th- I don't think. Well, uh, they never mentioned Durant. Yeah, not. Nah, nah. We all know what you're not talking directly. about. Man. He didn't say <laughs> Kevin Durant <laughs> you, went to Golden State. He, he said, didn't even say like you add him. Said, you well, add that. Said, well, they were the best team last year. Almost won the finals, and then you add that. Um, <laughs> no, and to answer your question, no, I think he's staying in Cleveland. I think he wants to end his career in Northeast Ohio. I don't think he has designs on going anywhere. How else. much would no, Cleveland I think he's, I despise think he's him if I he left he wants again? To, he doesn't want to I go don't through think, that You again. know what? I don't, I don't think, think they, they would, would care. Because he delivered. He delivered right. on his promise. He gave them the one championship that city was starving <laughs> for. All right, now I'm leaving. Now enjoy another 60 years of hell. <laughs> they're, no, they're, no. If, they, if he left to join the Warriors, I think they'd burn like everything that he ever touched. No, Wouldn't allow him back in the city. Their bellies were so <laughs> empty of titles that uh, LeBron gives them one. They're like, thank you! No, but hey, thank you know what? You, you know what? I agree with Brian that they would still burn his jerseys because, look, we were starved of a Red Sox championship. Johnny Damon was played an integral role in that, and then he goes to the Yankees, and what happens? We burn his jersey. Well, yeah, but there was a winning mentality in Boston yep. set up by the Patriots, yeah. so... Yeah, but I'd, I'd still, at the end of the day, like Cleveland doesn't have that. Simple. They're not. They're not a winning mentality yet. They don't have that mentality as a town. Right. The Browns got one win. They. You're talking about in terms of across all the teams, right? Not just the Cavs. No, there would be people. What are you talking about? If the Indians hang on and win in the World Series last year, things could have been so different. Oh like, yeah. Cleveland could have been the new title town. Yep. Yeah. It would. I'm serious. It would have been. <laughs> Except for the Browns. the Browns. Title, they look, title they town. Look, they have three professional teams. They don't have look, a hockey team. It would feel like Cleveland suddenly became title town in uh, Cleveland. I'm just saying. If we left like, again. Why not? Why, why is that so hard? You, need, you have, need more than two championships. Look, the, closest, the closest hockey team is Columbus. I don't know how far that is from uh, Cleveland. You need, but you need more than two championships to become title town. It took what the Boston became Who title town after like three uh, Patriots Super Bowls and two Red Sox championships. Then the, then people were like, "Is Boston title town now?" <laughs> but you, you would, need you more would, than just two championships. I'm not saying it's so hard to win lo- multiple championships now that they're like title town is like one and a half now. We're almost there. <laughs> hey guys, we went to Game Seven of the World Series. They should have the won same year that. that we won the NBA title. Should have won so. that. Where I'm, is, I'm where is Title Town right now? Boston. Anyway. It's still Boston. It's USA. Still Boston. USA. Title Town, USA. No, that's stupid. Well, you can make the <laughs> argument that it's. Uh, I mean, look, I, I know we don't like combining LA and the Bay Area because it's two separate parts yeah, of that's, California. No, that's it's two unfair. different things. But two different d- things. <laughs> but if you did. Two- you can't have all of California right. if you consider like, I was gonna a title say, town. I was going to say the, the That's Kings. like having like Hawaii and Alaska no. be like, all right, they're, they're title town because they're <laughs> no, because right. different you states. The L.A. Kings. They're, they're, but it's the same state, though. It's California. You have the I mean, Kings. Give, uh, look, and you I'll had, give you L.A. Uh, as the city. Just L.A. Yeah. You yeah. want to talk about the, the, the teams doctors. in L.A.? That's okay. But what's the cutoff, though? Because L.A. to San Francisco is a one-hour flight. That's they have a long to be, that, That's the a team, flight. The team has <laughs> Not a to be, drive. The team has to be called L.A., yeah. okay? <laughs> so it's the Kings. It's the Dodgers. Okay, it's the Angels. Well, hold it's on. It's the Clippers. They're the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They're Anaheim. Yeah, Anaheim's actually not in L.A. I'll actually allow for Anaheim to be there because they have no impact or bearing on them being called title town. Anaheim is a They're suburb. They're not involved. <laughs> they won one. In yeah, 2002. Long, long ago. It's a long time. In a galaxy yeah. far, <laughs> far <All right>. away. <laughs> right. Enough of this question. Right. <laughs> you liked it, though. I did. That was a good question. All right. Question four, guys. Hey, you 
making me look stupid. The Angels Get also out of here, panda jerk. The Angels also had divine intervention on their side, so you can't really. No, they didn't have any angels. Angels in the, in the outfield. Haven't you seen Angels <laughs> in the Outfield? That was a documentary. <laughs> of course, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That was you know he was helping the, guide the Angels. Was, the second one really helped them out. You know they so, cheated. Okay. <laughs> they cheated. All right. Question four, guys. So. Yesterday, I was driving to work, and as I'm taking a right-hand turn, uh, there was this car picking up someone. So I was letting them go, because it's a two-way road. I don't want to go on the other side of the street and have to like deal with tra- oncoming traffic. Yes. So as I'm going, uh, about to take the right, because the car's moving, this car behind me decides to... Try to pass, not only try to pass me, mm-hmm. but as I'm driving on the right side of the road, he's beside me for like half a street. Oh, on the opposite side of the road, going the same way I'm That's going. It's ridiculous. And like, I don't want to fight with him, so I see that he wants to go like 40 and try to cut in front of me. Yeah. So I was like, all right, whatever. I mean, and then, if like, you're going to be a maniac. Then. Right. I'll just allow you to do that. Yeah. And then cars were coming on the other side. What's the stupidest, craziest thing you've seen while driving? That was the craziest thing I'd seen while driving. That is pretty dumb. <laughs> I mean, I've seen a handful of crazy, stupid things. Yeah. Uh, you know, near accidents uh, because people aren't looking when they're changing lanes, not using blinkers all the time. You see people constantly cutting people off uh, in and around the Boston area. But. One of the worst things that I've ever seen, and I didn't actually see it, but I saw the result. It was on Sturrow Drive. Yeah. And you know those overpasses, they're kind of low. Yeah. They've got a measurement on it. It says oh, yeah. like 10-1, like yeah. 10 feet 1 inches yeah. is, your, is your height requirement. All, all the stupid trucks. <laughs> How that... many times have you seen a story, <laughs> but one time I got caught in this, where a truck attempts to go under <laughs> yeah. the overpass. Oh, on Sturrow Drive, yeah, where they just and, can't make it. And I don't know how this happens, because the truck gets under the overpass. Now, it's underneath it. It's not like it hits it <laughs> yeah, and stops. It, so, yeah. so it the, got the under. Top of the truck it must have down. dragged underneath this bridge. Just like, just keep going. <laughs> like, just scratching the top <laughs> And then the he, he got way. stuck. And he got stuck <laughs> under the overpass. It so always you, happens on, like, the same day every year, too. Yeah. Around Austin Christmas is when it happens. Yeah. Oh, it was insane. So you had this truck just lodged underneath an, an overpass on Starro Drive, causing all this backup, and there's nothing you can really do about it. You have to have a tow truck come in there, basically pop the tires so that the <laughs> so that the truck goes down <laughs> a notch. It. it goes down uh, like an inch or two, and then they have to yank it out of the tunnel. It's ridiculous. So, I, I mean, if you're driving a truck or a U-Haul or whatever it was that got stuck there, uh, know how tall the truck is and right. know what overpasses you can go under. That's stupid. Don't go on Star if you have a truck. Seriously, just don't go on Starro Drive if you've got any sort of truck. Okay, the dumbest thing I've seen when driving is, look, there's this ambiguous-looking yield sign near where I live. So one day I was driving with my cousin, and Hold it's on. basically an... Describe to me what an ambiguous-looking yield sign is. It's kind of like, which way is this thing pointing? Like, okay. is it pointing oh, to okay. Okay. Right, right. I see yeah. you. I was like... Yeah, it's, it's like... It's, <laughs> it has a Y. It just all, has... They all say yield. It just says Y on it. I think it's that's not, a it's yield It's not really sign. ambiguous. It's, it's kind of like, wait, who who exactly are you getting the yield? <laughs> it's like that, uh, that moment in the Simpsons movie where Bart and Lisa keep crossing off uh, the, the signs on the road to slow down the truck that's trying to make its way into Springfield. And, and, I don't the, think I've seen and that the driver's now. like, all right, listen, we can't keep stopping for every sop yelled in one vey sign that we come across. <laughs> Let's go here. So I was driving with my cousin, and um, we, uh, basically there was this intersection where there was an off-ramp coming off of uh, a state highway, Route 9, near where I live. And I was trying to go straight, and this lady just cu- completely cuts me off. I slam on the brakes because otherwise I'm going to hit her. Mm. I, you know, I honk at her, I stare at her, flip her off the whole nine yards, and she looks at me like, "What are you doing?" And then she drives away, and I'm like, I call her some things as she's driving off. Mm-hmm. And then about five seconds later, I realized I was the one that was supposed to yield. <laughs> so <laughs> you're yield the sign, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> the yield sign. The yield sign was aiming at me. Oh boy. But. In but my it was defense. ambiguous. In my defense, it was <laughs> ambiguous because it was kind of, I don't know if the wind did it. There was like a major windstorm. Nah, it was kind of like, it was kind of like facing like, wait, who who is supposed to yield here? And I was convinced that it was supposed to be her. And it was kind of funny because like, I remember telling my cousin, like, I've been flipping people off at this intersection for five years coming this way. <laughs> and they all keep looking at me like I'm stupid. And now I know why. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I know what you mean, though. Sometimes the signs are at, like, an odd angle. Yeah, it's like, who are you yielding? Right. I, I don't know. Generally, I feel like you can sort of tell based on the road, though. You know what I mean? It makes a lot of sense in retrospect now when I go down that road. It's like, yeah, it would make sense that I should be the one yielding here, yeah. actually. You're All the right. one coming off a highway. Quickly, so. <laughs> question five. Hey, you're making me look stupid. Get out of here, panda jerk. Cy Young vote. Chris Sale or Craig Kimbrough? Oh, I'm not giving it to a closer. Chris Sale. Well, uh, I mean, I would like to see it play out. Uh, no, closer, closer doesn't get Look, if, if Chris Sale, uh, he hasn't been lights out like he was at the beginning of the year in He's his past two, couple of two eight six ERA. Look, I'm just saying, just uh, just presenting <laughs> the facts. Okay, he hasn't been as good in his last three starts. Yep, as he was in his first what eight, something like that. Yeah, he was lights out for for a while there. I mean, he had that uh, nine game streak of ten strikeouts or more. Yeah. He was insanely good at the yeah. beginning of the uh, Look, if the guy gets up around 300 strikeouts, yeah, it's a runaway. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, let's see it play out a little bit more. It's tough to say. Okay. But I think Kimbrell will be in the conversation. But regardless. at the end of the day, I don't know how you give it to a closer. Well, that's what I mean. It depends on if Sale continues to do this. And if Craig Kimbrell continues. He's got a history of petering yeah. out at the end of seasons. Sure, well. but it's going to come down to Sale, Irvin, Santana, and I don't know how long Keuchel's out. Yeah. But... If, yeah. if he's out for an extended period, he could fall out of it. I, I would have to think Chris Sale is the front runner right now, and will probably be considered the front runner. Sounds good. Uh, uh, you know, barring an injury or well, I think Santana is right now the front runner. No, right? he's no, got he's got a lower no, ERA. No. He's got about Chris as many Sale, wins, the, the but the strikeouts totals, are down. The yeah. strikeout totals are insane. In the peripherals. If Chris, that, if man. yeah, if Chris Sale finishes with a sub three, you know, two hundred and forty innings and three hundred strikeouts. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and like close to twenty wins. Yeah, Chris yeah. Sale. Okay. It wouldn't even be a close call. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's, that's it? it? That's yeah. five questions? That's oh, five. that's right. I'm the guy that takes us to commercial. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just kind of sitting here. <laughs> sorry. All right, we'll go to commercial. All right. All right, that wraps up five questions here on the Sports Blast. We'll be back with the Blast Off. Don't go anywhere. This is Shaquille O'Neal. And the Shaquettes. Reminding you that anytime. Anytime. Is a good time. Good time. For the cooling, drying, fresh scent of Gold Bond Powder Spray. Like after the gym. Or a crowded elevator ride. Or golf. Or working with farm animals. Or a hard day's work. Like sports casting. You said it, ladies. Stay cool with Gold Bond Powder Spray. Stay cool with Gold Bond. <laughs> At Advance Auto Parts, you can find the knowledge and parts you need to get the job done. Think of us as that friendly neighbor who genuinely cares about you and is always willing to lend a helping hand without expecting anything in return. Unlike Jerry, who always has something come up and then wonders why he isn't invited over on Sundays. You know what you did, Jerry? Advance Auto Parts. Let's get you back on the road. I'm Dr. Harold Freeman from the National Cancer Institute. African Americans die from cancer at higher rates than any other groups in the United States. It's important to educate yourself about what you can do to prevent and treat the disease. Call 1-800-4-CANCER and talk to a cancer information specialist for free to learn about prevention, screening, treatment, and clinical trials. That's 1-800-4-CANCER or 1-800-422-6237. You can also visit us online at cancer.gov lifelines to learn about cancer in the African-American community and the factors that contribute to higher cancer death rates among African-Americans, as well as ways to reduce your risk. Also, check out your local African-American newspaper for Lifeline's articles produced by the National Cancer Institute. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, 
for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The Red Sox began their three-game home series against the Detroit Tigers last night. It's the shot of a five-game homestand for the Sox. They got a two-run homer in the eighth from Jackie Bradley Jr. to break a 3-3 tie. And then Craig Kimbrell came in and shut the door yet again in a 5-3 victory for the Sox. The two teams will be back at it again today. Chris Sale on the hill facing off against Justin Verlander. First pitch from Fenway is at 7-15. The Golden State Warriors had a chance to sweep the NBA Finals and the playoffs last night in Cleveland, but LeBron James and Kyrie Irving combined for 71 points on the way to a 137-116 win, cutting the series deficit to 3-1. Game 5 will be played on Monday at Oracle Arena. Tip-off is at 9 o'clock. The NHL Finals continue tomorrow. The Penguins hold a 3-2 series lead after a 6-0 blowout of the Predators on Thursday. But the series returns to Nashville. The home team, a perfect 5-0 in this series. Face-off from Bridgestone Arena is at 8 p.m. And the 149th running of the Belmont Stakes is tonight. Post time is at 6.37. You can catch the race on NBC. With your Sports Center update, I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. Your music won't skip a beat. All right, final three minutes here on the sports. Sorry rest. about that ad play. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but it's fine. It's fine. We've had three <laughs> weeks off. We've had three weeks off. A little so. bit of rest. Uh, three minutes left in the show. It's the blast off. Before we get out of here, Dave quickly wanted to give us our uh, take on something that we actually didn't get a chance to get to. The Sidney Crosby, P.K. Subban deal. Yeah, uh, they don't like each other, which is great. It's always good in hockey when there's a little bit of hatred and some blood boil in between two yeah, players on the ice. Subban's breath smells. Yeah, that's what, well, I mean, that's what Subban said that Crosby said about him, and it kind of crawled up Crosby's butt that he even said like it about him. gerbil. Which is just like <laughs> it's so Crosby taking things way too seriously. Right. He can't just dish it back to him. But then there was this play uh, in game five where uh, Sidney Crosby and Subban get tangled up in the corner there and Crosby ends up sort of pummeling Subban's head into the ice a couple times and a lot of people made a lot of it as if it were this dirty play. And while I agree, Sidney Crosby over the history of his career has been this sort of sneaky, dirty, ratty player. He's he's kind of similar to Marshand in, right. the, in the way that he sort of hides how dirty he is when he's out there. Except he doesn't like hit people in the in the he, family jewels. He chopped the dude's hand off this year and didn't get a penalty for it. A not, whole not hand? A hand? He chopped Dang. the guy. No, he actually How did. How did I miss that? He actually did chop the guy. He <laughs> chopped the guy's finger off in the playoffs this year. Do you remember that? Yeah. It, it, it was oh. disgusting. Oh. He, he slashed a guy right in the hand and the guy takes off his glove and his finger's just dangling. Sidney oh. Crosby chopped the guy's was finger this, off. Was this and guy Tory Krug? For it. <laughs> anyway, look, the play where he's slamming Subban's head into the ice is not a dirty hockey play. And I know that there are are casual hockey fans out there are fans that maybe we're just watching to watch because it's the finals that was not a dirty play that's a hockey play it happens all the time you pin a guy down you rub his face in the ice a little bit because he's pk suban and he's a jackass out there on the ice too plus suban sort of locked up uh crosby's legs out there so he had it coming to him uh crosby later though throws a water bottle onto the ice like a little bitch. So Crosby, for what it's worth, has one play where I'm finally like, good hard hockey play, not dirty, and then he reverts back to old sneaky dirty Crosby. We have to go. I can't stand that guy. <laughs> All right, for Brian Roach and Dave. Thank Farm, you guys for letting me do that. I'm Ashish Sharma. We're off next week, so we will see you in two. Later.